Okay, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, uh, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the third day of Omicron. Um, the third day of the next variant, which has been labelled Omicron, uh, which sounds like a James Bond villain to me. Everything sounds like a James Bond villain to me, though, so uh, sounds like that, or it's, it's a marketing exercise. It's the B11 something, 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 but Omicron is the marketing version of it. And uh, I've got a little bit of John Campbell to play, about 25 minutes of John Campbell summarising what we know so far. And he's coming from a, a medical background, so not an anti-vaxxer under any circumstances, but he's very capable of thinking for himself, which is why I like what he has to say some of the time. And I'd like to play that for you now. So this is the John Campbell channel on YouTube. And the video is called Omicron Objectivity. Concern expressed about this Omicron variant. Let's try and get to some objectivity about this. Now, I've got a lot of information about it. I think I've summarised what we know so far. The most important bit is in the first five minutes. So, if you can stick around for that, hopefully, you'll get a bit of a, of a gist on this as to what we know so far. Now, um, this is the Omicron variant as we know, the B11529. Now, we want to think about people in the world that know most about this are the doctors that have actually treated the variant so far and there's two of these in South Africa so these are the ones to get to now this is Dr Angelique Cortez South African Medical Association I think she's the boss of that also a practicing clinician doctor in South Africa first to raise the alarm on the new Omicron variant so she's in an ideal position to comment uh, direct quotes this is a storm in a teacup good um, why everyone up in arms about this she's saying so far, we have so so far what we have seen is very mild cases. This this is a direct this is a direct quote here. Very mild. This is what she's saying. And of course, she's actually treated these cases in South Africa. Seventeenth to eighteenth of November, her and her medical colleagues in South Africa noticed a change in the clinical picture. So this is just what. Um, uh, 11, 11, 10 and 11 days ago, they noticed a change in the clinical picture in South Africa. Now, this was after 10 weeks of having very low numbers in South Africa, which was good. You said that gave them a good breather. But then these new cases started to come. Cases still relatively low in South Africa were picking up quickly. Um, for now, um, it's, it's extremely mild cases that we are seeing. Again, direct quote from Dr. Cortez. Looking at the mildness of these symptoms, I think it's been missed in other countries. Interesting. Certainly other African countries, it could well have been missed. So given that it's symptomatically mild, a lot of these cases, she believes, have not come to the attention of the testers in those countries. And of course, testing in a lot of other southern African countries, with, with the noted exception of South Africa, is very, very limited. Um, now, um, she says it's severely mild, just a tone of freak. I mean, it's not a medical term. She was just chatting on, a, on an interview, well, talking on an interview. Um, so basically, she's saying these are mild, mild, very mild cases that they're seeing. Headache does seem to be a feature. 
Now, this is interesting, and I'm sure this will come up on uh, Tim Spector's work over the next few months as well. Uh, what is different is the extreme tiredness. So a lot of people have been going to their doctors in South Africa saying, uh, I'm just extremely tired, and they turn out to test positive for COVID. So headache with extreme tiredness seems to be the main clinical feature. She doesn't mention the sort of common cold, carousal type features that we're seeing in the UK now with the vaccinated population with Delta. It's headache and extreme tiredness that the doctors in South Africa are seeing so far. With body aches, which isn't surprising. Mostly men under 40s that they're seeing at the moment in South Africa. Interesting. Um, I really think the vaccine plays a role here. Breakthrough infections, but very, very mild. So she's saying the vaccine isn't important is important, the vaccine is important, but they are seeing breakthrough infections in the vaccinated. But the good news is the infection that she's seeing in the vaccine, in her vaccinated patients and in her colleagues' vaccinated patients, the infections that they're seeing in the vaccinated are very mild. This is the report from the clinicians in South Africa. Uh, you can call over all the hospitals in Pretoria. You will see there's not a huge influx of patients with this Omicron. So not a lot of hospitalizations, at least in the Pretoria area. Um, if Africa is not going to be vaccinated, you will see new variants coming up. So is Africa going to be vaccinated? Um, well, the uptake in South Africa is about 24% at the moment for fully vaccinated, but that's largely due to vaccine hesitancy. In other parts of Africa, we're still looking in, in well, well into the single digits of people doubly vaccinated, 2, 3, 4, 5%. And if the world decides not to vaccinate Africa, uh, which is a choice we can make, then if it decides not to vaccinate Africa, then it is totally inevitable we'll be seeing a string of these, uh, a string of these variants coming from, from Africa. It's completely inevitable. And this particular strain probably came from one, one immunocompromised individual. I don't know if we'll ever know that, but that's the most likely scenario. So President Biden, Boris Johnson, Ursula von der Leyen, Scott Morrison, true, whatever that guy in Canada is called, do, 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 do you want to vaccinate the world or, or, or not? Um, your choice. Do you want to vaccinate Africa or not? You can choose to vaccinate Africa or you can choose not to bother. It's your choice. As this South African doctor so eloquently points out. So basically, um, Dr. Angela, uh, Angelique Cortez, um, not seeing severe cases at the moment. Now, she does say this could change. She's just reporting her clinical experience over the past 10, 11 days. But it's also more than that. It's a summation of the clinical experience of, of many doctors in South Africa. Now, to give this some balance, and I think it's important we do give it balance now. This is another South African doctor, uh, Rudy Matiba, uh, head of the intensive care unit at Soweto. Uh, now, in Soweto, I believe the vaccination rate is particularly low. Um, South African viewers can correct me on that, but I believe there's a relatively low vaccine uptake in Soweto. Um, and he's at this hospital in Soweto. We're seeing a marked change in the demographic profile of patients with COVID-19, says the intensive care doctor. Now, this is where it is getting concerning, and this is my main concern, that younger people are going to be more affected. We've seen this in previous pandemics, that in later waves, um, younger people are affected more. Um, this is my main concern at the moment. But let's carry on. We'll say what the doctor says. Direct quote. Young people in their 20s to just over their late 30s are coming in with moderate to severe disease. Now, I do not like the sound of this. Young people with 
moderate to severe disease in Soweto in South Africa. Some needing intensive care. About 65% are not vaccinated and most of the rest are only half vaccinated. So 65% of the intensive care doctors' patients are not vaccinated and most of the rest are only half vaccinated, one dose of vaccine. So it's looking like the South Africa experience is saying that you get mild disease if you've had two doses of vaccines, very, very mild disease in terms of probability. Um, greater risk if you've had one vaccine, and if you've had no vaccines at all, then I'm afraid it looks like you are at risk from Omicron. Now, I'm no, I don't like, you know, I, I, we've interviewed people who've had vaccine side effects and all sorts of problems, but it looks like the Omicron variant probably has shifted the risk-benefit analysis for vaccination in favour of vaccination. That, that's what it's looking like from the tentative South African data. Now, um, Dr. Cortez did say they're going to know all this for sure in a couple of weeks, but this is just based on clinical experience so far, which is all we've got Sunday the 28th of November. I'm worried that as, members, uh, as numbers go up, the public health care facility will become overwhelmed from the intensive care doctor. Let's hope not. Uh, urgent, urgent preparations are needed to enable public hospitals to cope with the potential large influx of patients, patients needed in intensive care. Now, in Soweto and other parts of South Africa, given the low rate of people that are doubly vaccinated, um, this could be a big problem. Omicron variant may be responsible for as many as 90% of the new South African cases, so it does seem to be there in a population that's 24% fully vaccinated. So we've got we've got a tale of two doctors here from South Africa. One, we believe, seeing mostly vaccinated patients, seeing very, very mild disease, very mild disease with headache, tiredness and body aches, but very, very mild. Um, the other, uh, in Soweto, an intensive care doctor seeing patients um, in low vaccine area, young people with uh, more severe disease. So that's my concern for the world's young and unvaccinated. And when we say young, we're meaning young adults, even into middle age adults, adults into their 40s. So um, that's the concern. So that was the most important thing. We're going on. Omicron variant, 50 mutations overall. Uh, 32 mutations on the spike protein, 10 on the receptor binding domain, which we've looked at before, that actually binds into the ACE2 receptors in your cells. Uh, now, the, the, the Delta variant, by contrast, had two mutations in the receptor binding domain. So it's quite a big difference. Now, I'm, this is me talking here, Presume, presumed high viral load. I'm assuming you get a high viral load with this. Um, because of the increased infectivity. So if you've got increased infectivity, you've probably got increased affinity for the spike protein for the, uh, for the receptor binding domain, is it, is it uh, the receptor binding domain for the, for the host uh, cell. It fits in better, it's a better grip, or, or, you've, or you've got a, a high viral load. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm presuming this has a high viral load, but we don't, again, we don't know that, that yet. Um, now, Professor Ravi Gupta, University of Cambridge, Beta, which of course was the original South Africa variant, was was um, was all immune escape and nothing else. So we're worried about it causing immune escape from people that have been infected and from the vaccines. Delta had uh, infectivity and modest immune escape. Uh, this has the potential. Uh, th th this potentially has both to high degrees. So it's got the worst, potentially the worst characteristics of both. So again, to bring more balance, um, the theoretical reasons why it could be could be bad because it could have immune escape and high infective infectivity. 
And of course, the reason that the world didn't get a beta pandemic was because the Delta variant outcompeted it. So the Delta variant actually did us a favor in getting rid of the beta. U.S. response is probably already in the U.S., I'm afraid. Um, I think that's fairly inevitable. Don't know. Don't know, but I suspect it is. <coughs> in uh, New York State, state of emergency, Africa travel restrictions start on Monday. I'll let you decide if that's soon enough or not. Africa restrictions don't start until Monday, so everyone's trying to rush back. Bit of a farce, really, isn't it? U.S. citizens are going to carry on to be allowed back. Separate matter, Transport Security Agency, 2.3 million people travel for Thanksgiving on Wednesday. Uh, but of course, this would likely result in an increase in numbers from Delta. Uh, perhaps Omicron, if it is in the States, which it probably is, is probably not there in high numbers yet. Because I think the balance of probability is that this did arise in, uh, in Africa. I think that's the, the overwhelming balance of, of the judgment at the moment. Going on, Germany, uh, two cases of Omicron confirmed in München, in Munich. Um, enter Munich Airport on the 24th of November, I'm afraid. Czech Republic uh, confirms first Omicron case in a woman from Namibia. So again, the Africa connection. Italy, one Omicron infection coming from Mozambique. Israel has closed down the borders to non-Israelis and is taking drastic measures. And he's reintroducing tracking on mobile phones. I'm just hoping the Israelis don't know something that we uh, know something that we don't. I suspect not that the current head of the state in Israel and the Israeli state has got a record of taking very severe um, measures against um, coronavirus. So it's probably just consistent with that. UK response: Well, Brentwood in Essex, we've got a case. Nottingham, uh, Nottingham, there's a case. These two cases are linked, apparently. We don't know how they're linked, but they're linked. Uh, we're grateful to the South Africans for their information and proactivity. Official thanks from the UK Prime Minister. And that is worth something. And that has to be mentioned, that South Africa has got very good surveillance, excellent transparency. If only all countries in the world had the same transparency as the South African science does. So congratulations, South Africa. They also have excellent um, data gathering facilities so they will have definitive answers on this soon within about two weeks and i would predict that south africa is going to be the first country in the world to give definitive information on how much more transmissible how much more pathogenic omicron is that's where the information is going to come from first of all so um they're really on top of this and, and it's quite impressive uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson said it spreads rapidly, can be spread between people who are both doubly vaccinated. So there you go. If you have it and you're doubly vaccinated and I don't have it and I'm doubly vaccinated, you can give it to me. It's that simple. It's going to spread amongst the doubly vaccinated. Some immune escape, meaning the vaccines might be less effective and people that have had natural infection may be less protected. We need to slow down the seeding. So the UK is being seeded and it will inevitably grow. It seems to me quite inevitable, what I know already, that the Omicron is going to displace the Delta as the global pandemic. So I'm afraid it looks likely that I'm going to be exposed to Omicron, you're going to be exposed to Omicron. The, the, the question is when we want to be as ready as possible. And remember, it's winter now. Let me just show you out my winter window. Uh, you can actually see it's snowing here. Um, uh, no um, ultraviolet B to speak of in the sun today. So I have increased my intake of... vitamin D. And uh, I think it's important that we optimise our immune systems, sometimes with extra vitamin, sometimes with 
vitamin K2 as well. But I've personally increased my intake of vitamin uh, D. Right, enough of John Campbell. I think he's, he's made his point. Um, it's a mild to moderate virus, uh, potentially with some some severe symptoms in younger people, but we don't know anything really, is what he's basically saying. Um, I don't think it's a big deal personally. I think it's, I think Omicron's a marketing exercise to get everybody locked down again, but I'm being cynical. Uh, I'm being hyper-skeptical about all, all of these things at the moment. And, uh, and I'm not frightened of James Bond villains. I'm certainly not frightened of viruses named as if they're a James Bond villain. It's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. So, if your vitamin D levels are good, if your immune system's reasonable, you're going to fight it. You're going to fight it off, basically. If there's nothing wrong with you, if you've got no major health issues going on, if you're healthy, then you're going you're gonna to have a cold for a few days, a headache and some tiredness for a few days and your body will fight it off and it'll just carry on regardless. Uh, if you've already had COVID symptoms, then you've already got immunity to some large measure of any virus that's a coronavirus. If you've had a cold that was caused by a coronavirus, then you've got some immunity to any variant. So I wouldn't worry about any of it personally. It's a storm in a teacup, as the as the woman in South Africa said initially. So you pay your money and you take your choice. Personally, I'm going to go with storm in a teacup. Until I find out otherwise, because the, the hype and the fear have already started. And uh, I don't buy into any of that personally but it's it's up to individuals to make their own decision do you want to buy into fear when you don't know what's going on if there's no actual information and people assume danger that's not a healthy place to be not a healthy place not a psychologically healthy place to be don't assume don't assume danger when there's no information to base it on take your time work things out logically and rationally and assess the risk appropriately and personally i'm healthy i've got a reasonably good immune system i don't think there's anything very much for me to worry about if you're in a different position then assess the risk appropriate to your situation but ultimately it's probably not going to be that big a deal Anyway, that's enough for me for now. Uh, thanks for listening. And I'll be back later on today, maybe, or tomorrow. But I appreciate your support.